Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book Moment Podcast. This discussion is going to be regarding Alma chapter 60. Now, contained within the chapter is a verse that uh, some missionaries have used on uh, their friends and families when they haven't received a letter home for a while. And I'll, uh, when, I, when I get to that verse, I'll point it out to you. Some of you might recognize it, Alma chapter 60. Verse 1, And it came to pass that he, meaning Moroni, wrote again to the governor of the land, who was Pehoran, and these are the words which he wrote, saying, Behold, I direct mine epistle to Pehoran in the city of Zarahemla, who is the chief judge and the governor over the land, and also to all those who have been chosen by this people to govern and manage the affairs of this war. Notice the, the greeting or the direction here, the address that he's putting on here to make sure that Pehoran gets it. Remember, Pehoran's actually not in Zarahemla at the time, so I, they need to get it to him. Verse 2, For behold, I have somewhat to say unto them by the way of condemnation. For behold, ye yourselves know that ye have been appointed to gather together men and arm them with swords and with scimitars and all manner of weapons of war of every kind and send forth against the Lamanites in whatsoever parts they should come into our land. And now behold, I say unto you that myself and also my men and also Helaman and his men have, have suffered exceedingly great sufferings, yea, even hunger, thirst, and fatigue and all manner of afflictions of every kind. Again, isn't that what mortality is about, is suffering to gain experience? Verse 4, But behold, were this, all the, were this all we had suffered, we would not murmur nor complain. But behold, great has been the slaughter among our people, yea, thousands have fallen by the sword, while it might have otherwise been if ye have, had rendered unto our families or unto our armies sufficient strength and succor for them. Yea, great has been your neglect towards us. Here's the missionary verse I was mentioning, the next two verses. And now, behold, we desire to know the cause. This is the scripture that we used to use when family and friends didn't write to us for a while. And now, behold, we desire to know the cause of this exceedingly great neglect. Yea, we desire to know the cause of your thoughtless state. Can you, sit to, can you think to sit upon your thrones in a state of thoughtless stupor while your enemies are spreading the work of death around you? Okay, we didn't send verse 7, just verse 6. Yea, while they are murdering thousands of your brethren. Boy, Moroni is really upset, isn't he? Yea, even they who have looked looked up to you for protection, yea, have placed you in a situation that ye might have succored them, yea, ye might have sent armies into them to have strengthened them and have, sir, and have saved thousands of them from falling by the sword. But behold, this is not all. Ye have withheld your provisions from them, insomuch that many have fought and bled out their lives because of their great desires which they had for the welfare of this people. Yea, and this they have done when they were about to perish with hunger because of your exceedingly great neglect towards them. <clears throat> and now, my beloved brethren, for ye ought to be beloved, yea, and ye ought to have stirred yourselves more diligently for the welfare and the freedom of, your, of this people. But behold, ye have neglected them, insomuch that the blood of thousands shall come upon your heads for vengeance, yea, for, for known unto God were all their cries and all their sufferings. 
Behold, could ye suppose that ye could sit upon your thrones, and because of the exceeding goodness of God ye could do nothing, and he would deliver you? Behold, if ye have supposed this, ye have supposed in vain. Do ye suppose that because so many of your brethren have been killed, it is because of their wickedness? I say unto you, if ye have supposed this, ye have supposed in vain. For I say unto you, there are many who have fallen by the sword, and, beca and behold, it is to your condemnation. Heber J. Grant said, If hearkening to that call to serve one's country and obeying those in command over them, they shall take the lives of those who fought against them. That will not make them murderers, nor subject them to the penalty that God has prescribed for those who kill. For it would be a cruel God that would punish his children as moral sinners for acts done by them as the innocent instrumentalities of a sovereign whom he had told them to obey and whose will they were powerless to resist. In this terrible war now waging, thousands of our righteous young men in all parts of the world and in many countries are subject to a call into the military service of their own countries, that in their work of destruction they will be striking at their brethren will not be held against them. That sin, as Moroni of old said, is to the condemnation of those who sit in their places of power in a state of thoughtless stupor. Those rulers in the world who in a frenzy of hate and lust for unrighteous power and dominion over their fellow men have put into the motion eternal forces they do not comprehend and cannot control. God in his own due time will pass sentence upon them. Verse 13, For the Lord suffereth the righteous to be slain, that his justice and judgment may come upon the wicked. In a remarkable letter to Pehoran, governor of the Nephite lands, the prophet general Moroni gives answer to a question every soldier's mother is asking, will God permit a righteous boy to be slain on the field of battle? Some of the Nephite parents must have been asking the same question. Why does a just God permit the innocent to be slain? Again, the Book of Mormon gives answer. God will not take away from men their free agency. Men may abuse their free agency. They may, in its exercise, become carnal, sensual, and devilish. They may make war on their neighbors and put the innocent to death. But interfere with that free agency and the whole purpose of life is frustrated and progress is ended. During the missionary work of Alma and Amulek in the land of Ammonihah, they were arrested and forced to witness the burning of those whom they had converted. And when Amulek saw the pains of the women and children who were consuming in the fire, he also was pained, and he said unto Alma, How can we witness this awful scene? Therefore let us stretch forth our hands and exercise the power of God which is in us, and save them from the flames. But Alma said unto him, The Spirit constraineth me that I must not stretch forth mine hand, for behold, the Lord receiveth them up unto himself himself in glory, and he doth suffer that they may do this thing, or that the people may do this thing unto them, according to the hardness of their hearts, that the judgments which he shall exercise upon them in his wrath may be just. And the blood of the innocent shall stand as a witness against them, yea, and cry mightily against them at the last day. Alma's answer goes to the heart of the problem. God will not interfere with the free agency of his children that his judgments may be just, nor can we expect him to stop wars and evil in our day for the same reason. Continuing verse 13, Therefore ye need, ye, ye need not suppose that the righteous are lost because they are slain, but behold, they do enter into the rest of the Lord their God. Harold B. Lee said, It is my conviction that the present devastating scourge of war, uh, this was in 1942 during World War II, in which hundreds of thousands are being slain, many of whom are no more responsible for the causes of the war than are our own boys, in making, is making necessary an increase of missionary activity in the spirit world, and that many of our boys who bear the pre holy priesthood and are worthy to do so will be called to that missionary service after they have departed this life. So that's uh, one way to look at it, isn't it? That those that are righteous will be sent as missionaries to those that, uh, that have killed them. 
<clears throat> verse 14, And now, behold, I say unto you, I fear exceedingly that the judgments of God will come upon this people because of their exceeding slothfulness, yea, even the slothfulness of our government, and their exceedingly great neglect towards their brethren, yea, towards those who have been slain. For were it not for the wickedness which first commenced at our head, we could have withstood our, our enemies, that they could have gained no power over us. Yea, had it not been for the war which broke out amongst, among ourselves, yea, were it not for these kingmen who caused so much bloodshed among ourselves, yea, at that time, at the time we were contending among ourselves, remember they lost about 4,000 men because of that, if we had united our strength as we hitherto have done, yea, had it not been for the desire of power and authority which those kingmen had over us, had they been true to the cause of our freedom and united with us and gone forth against our enemies instead of taking up their swords against us, which was the cause of so much bloodshed among ourselves. Yea, if we had gone forth against them in the strength of the Lord, we should have dispersed our enemies, for it would have been done according to the fulfilling of his word. But behold, now the Lamanites are coming upon us, taking possession of our lands, and they are murdering our people with the sword, yea, our women and our children, and also carrying them away captive, causing them that they should suffer all manner of afflictions, and this because of the great wickedness of those who are seeking for power and authority, yea, even those kingmen. But why should I say much concerning this matter? For we know not but what ye yourselves are seeking for authority. We know not but what ye are, ye are also traitors to your country. Or is it that ye have neglected us because ye are in the heart of our country and are surrounded by security, that ye need not cause food to be sent unto us, and also men to strengthen our armies? Have ye forgotten the commandments of the Lord your God? Yea, have ye forgotten the captivity of our fathers? Have ye forgotten the many times we have been delivered out of the hands of our enemies? Or do ye suppose that the Lord will, will still deliver us while we sit upon our thrones and do not make use of the means which the Lord has provided for us? Yea, will ye sit in idleness while ye are surrounded with thousands of those? Yea, and tens of thousands who do also sit in idleness while there are thousands round about in the borders of the land who are falling by the sword, yea, wounded and bleeding? Do ye suppose that God will look upon you as guiltless while ye sit still and behold these things? Behold, I say unto you, Nay. Now I would that you should remember that God has said that the inward vessel shall be cleansed first, and then shall the outer vessel be cleansed also. Now Moroni may not have known what was going on within the within the uh, area of Zarahemla, but this was truly, uh, that comment right there about cleansing the inner vessel first was truly uh, prophetic of what he was going to have to do. Um, Okay, here's a quote. As I, read, as I read the scriptures, I often reflect upon the chilling implications of what the Apostle Peter meant when he said, Judgment must begin at the house of God. In our own day, the Lord has said, Vengeance cometh, upon, cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, and upon my house shall it begin. What kind of judgments does the Lord have in mind? Why do the scriptures say that the cleansing will begin with the church rather than with the wicked? The scriptures reveal that the Lord will save his greatest wrath and condemnation for those who outwardly appear re religious, but who are actually full of evil within. Speaking to Jewish religious leaders, the Savior said, Cleanse first that which is within the cup. Ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Similarly, the great Book of Mormon leader Moroni wrote, God has said that the inner vessel shall be cleansed first. President Benson left little room for doubt that these warnings apply to us. He declared, All is not well in Zion. We must cleanse the inner vessel, beginning first with ourselves, then with our families, and finally with the church. There are two methods of cleansing the inner vessel. The first is repentance. But if we do not repent, the Lord will invoke the second method of cleansing from without. One way or another, the vessel will be cleaned. And that was by Larry Tippetts. 
Verse 24, And now, except ye do repent of that which ye have done, and begin to be up and doing, and send forth food and men unto us, and also unto Helaman, that he may support those parts of our country which he has gained, which he has regained, and that we may also recover the remainder of our possessions in these parts, behold, it will be expedient that we contend no more with the Lamanites until we have first cleansed our inner inward vessel, yea, even the great head of our government. And except ye grant mine epistle, and come out and show unto me a true spirit of freedom, and strive to strengthen and fortify our armies, and grant unto them food for their support, behold, I will leave a part of my freemen to maintain this part of our land, and I will leave the strength and the blessings of God upon them, that none other power can operate against them, and this because of their exceeding faith and their patience in their tribulations. And I will come unto you, and if there be any among you that has a desire for freedom, yea, if there be a spark of freedom remaining, behold, I will stir up insurrections among you, even until those who have desires to usurp power and authority shall become extinct. Yea, behold, I do not fear your power nor your authority, but it, but it is my God whom I fear, and it is according to his commandments that I you take my sword to defend the cause of my country, and it is because of your iniquity that we have suffered so much loss. Notice how he's accusing Pehoran here and those in government of all this wickedness, and uh, Pehoran is unjustly being uh, accused here, but we'll see how he responds to that later. Verse 29, Behold, it is time, yea, the time is now at hand, that except ye do bestir yourselves in the defense of your country and your little ones, the sword of justice doth hang over you, yea, and it shall fall upon you and visit you even to your utter destruction. Behold, I wait for assistance from you, and except ye do administer unto you our relief, behold, I come unto you even in the land of Zarahemla and smite you with the sword, insomuch that ye can have no more power to impede the progress of this people in the cause of our freedom. For behold, the Lord will not suffer that ye shall live and wax strong in your your iniquities to destroy his righteous people. Behold, can you suppose that the Lord will spare you and come out in judgment against the Lamanites when it is the tradition of their fathers that has caused their hatred? Yea, and it has been redoubled by those who have dissented from us, while your iniquity is for the cause of your love of glory and the vain things of the world. Ye know that ye do transgress the laws of God, and ye do know that ye do trample them under your feet. Behold, the Lord said, saith unto me, If those whom ye have appointed your governors do not repent of their sins and iniquities, ye shall go up to battle against them. And now, behold, I, Moroni, am constrained according to the covenant which I have made to keep the commandments of my God. Therefore, I would that ye should adhere to the word of God, and send speedily unto me of your provisions and of your men, and also to Helaman. And behold, if ye will not do this, I come unto you speedily, for behold, God will not suffer that we should perish with hunger. Therefore, he will give unto us of your food, even if it must be by the sword. Now see that ye fulfill the word of God. Behold, I am, I am Moroni, your chief captain. I seek not for power, but to pull it down. I seek not for honor of the world, but for the glory of my God and the freedom and welfare of my country. And thus I close mine epistle. Now, there's a comment that I'd like to mention at the end here. If Joseph Smith had made up this book, he would not have included this section because it shows that Moroni was wrong in his accusation of Pehoran. He would have wanted to show Moroni in the best light as a hero, not making this mistake. Again, this is translated material. Of that I bear testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll see what happens in the next chapter, how Pehoran responds. And that's a lesson in itself as well. Bye.